As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hello. Hi. What's going on? And welcome. Welcome. To Two Girls, One Ghost. Two Girls, One Ghost. And we are your ghostesses. That is Corinne. And I am Sabrina. And I feel like we are, we subconsciously are repping our other podcast friends right now. We were on the same wavelength. Yes. Ladies and Tangents. And then Creeps and Crimes sent us the cutest surprise merch. It's, if you remember our- Yeah, we were on episode 99 of their podcast. And we came up with the cryptid bean. This is the cryptid bean. Yes. Not a weenie. The little bean. It's a little bean. Not a weenie. Yeah. If you're watching the video, I'm going to get a little real Halloween-y bean up close and personal. One second. It's so cute. But they were so nice. They were so nice to send us that sweatshirt too. Mm-hmm. Like it was the, the surprise sweatshirt came in the mail. And then we had our little cryptid bean. A little cryptid bean. Except for on the back, there's a little typo. And they, they wrote cryptic. It, it makes it better. Cryptic bean. The, like, well, the cryptic bean. That's its full name. It's the cryptic cryptid bean. Right. The elusive bean. It speaks in I know, riddles. That's great. They really should just sell the whole design on their, <laughs> they on their store. But yeah, repping rep our friends. Uh, mm-hmm. And I know we have quite a few new listeners as well who have messaged us from our various crossovers and from Morbid. So maybe we could do like a 30 second, here's our podcast. Here's what we yes. do. Um, it's a pyramid scheme. You are now lost in the triangle. It's kind of cultish. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry that you didn't know that while you're But joining. openly so. Oh, we're very transparent. Very. Yes. That's the number yeah. one rule. Transparency if you lie, like you're ghosts. Out. Transparency like ghosts. It's very important here. And it is a ghost podcast. <laughs> so we cover all things paranormal. That includes your typical haunted house, visits from loved ones, pets, all the beautiful mm-hmm. haunting ghost stories. But then I like we how also you said like hunting things like. It sounded like hunting ghost hunting. stories. Haunting. Although. That is on my mind because missing 411, it's just the hunter's edition has just been stained into my mind forever. But we do also just oddities, cryptids, aliens, aliens, all the goodness. Anything honestly weird. Anything weird. Anything weird. Anything macabre. Mm -hmm. Sometimes there's little true crime crossovers, but for the most part, we're a paranormal podcast. Yeah. We have three types of episodes, our researched episodes that, that come out. 
usually have about 10 to 15 minutes of banter at the top. So if you don't like that, you can skip on forward. Yeah. And then we do our cover, our researched portion of the episodes. We also have encounters episodes where we read back the haunting tales that are emailed to us from listeners. So please email Uh, us your stories. We want to hear everything. Yeah. Uh, We love stories. Please. From your family members. If you're at like... We love stories. We just love stories. Holidays are coming up and we ask. This is the one ask we ask of you. I mean, you can listen to us and tell your friends. We ask a lot of things actually. But this is one new thing that we're bringing up again. This holiday season, when you're sitting around the table with your friends and family... Ask them, look them straight in the eye, very seriously, do not smile, and ask, have you seen a ghost? And tell Do me, you see dead people? Do you see dead people? Get their story and then email it to us. As grandma's passing the homemade cranberry sauce at your <laughs> Thanksgiving table, you touch hands and you say, grandma, do you see dead people? <laughs> this is the best time to collect ghost stories yes. because, yeah, the holidays, I feel like we get an influx of news stories from our listeners because that's when you guys spend the most time with. Well, I'm making assumptions here, but it's a good time to bring stuff up, ghost-wise, not family (laughs) drama-wise. Yeah. Well, any time of the year is a good time to ask your friends and family, your little kids, your neighbor's kids. Mm -hmm. Kids are are creepy and they see a lot of things. So just ask. Just ask away. You never know. You never know. Uh, One more small housekeeping item at the top of the show. Mm -hmm. We have Patreon and we are sending out a holiday card this year to all of our patrons. So if you are a patron by the last day of November, starting December 1st, we will start to roll out the mailing of those holiday cards. And so you'll, you'll receive it at some point in December, but just become a patron by November 30th and then 30 days in November. Yes. And then in addition to that, we are going to have a couple extra bonus episodes over the holiday season for Patreon members only. So if you're going to miss us those two weeks that we take off every year, then you can join our Patreon and get some bonus content. And also, Mm -hmm. we should know if if you're new here, Corinne and I are bi-coastal. So I live in Los Angeles. Corinne is in Boston. We record on Zoom and we make it look like we're in similar-ish mm-hmm. rooms, but uh, we are very far away from We each try other. to. We both have the dark desks. Mm-hmm. Shh, shh. But it's the challenges, like, I wish people would see. I mean, I guess they could. If we took if we took pictures, people would be able to see the behind the scenes. But Sabrina, you sit in a normal chair because your <laughs> black cabinet behind you is much taller. Yeah. Mine is extremely low. <laughs> so I plant myself... Very uncomfortably on like one of those little college fabric cubes that we had to slide underneath our dorm beds. We need to get you like a children's Um, chair. Not comfortable. I know. I think our editor Aiden probably hates that I sit in this because I'm constantly moving. I'm like, "Ah, ah, ah." great crack. But it's fine because we're here for a good time. Sabrina, I realized we forgot to bring up some important news that happened to you while you were in Boston. What? That I got a weighted blanket? (laughs) No, that you got recognized. Oh my god, we did forget. Shoot, what was her name? Um, 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 Mallory. I think oh, it was Mallory. Good memory. Yes, Mallory. Nick and I were leaving the Omni Parker Hotel where we were staying, and I'm not kidding. Like we got maybe a block away, we were walking to meet Corinne and Brian, and I see this girl with like the cutest plaid skirt, and like her outfit was just amazing. And I looked, you know, I looked at her outfit, and I like was like, ooh, mental note. That's cute. Copy that later. And all of a sudden. We keep walking out here. Sabrina, (laughs) 
And I was like, who knows me here? I turn and I, I took a second. I was like, do I know her? Like what? And then she's like, I'm a fan of your podcast. And then we talked very briefly. I think Mallory was with her parents and she was just like, I don't want to keep you. Okay. It was so nice to see you. And then so Nick and I kept walking and I was like, oh, I wanted to tell her how much I loved her outfit. I didn't feel like I talked to her long enough. So I creepily found her on our Instagram followers. I just searched Mallory. On social media. On social you media. DM'd her. And then I DM'd her. <laughs> Yes. Oh my God. I love that. Was that was the first time. Yeah. How exciting. It was right. really exciting. Well, I mean, because the o- I think the only reason it's happened to me is because I live in Boston where yeah. y- you're outside. Like when I go somewhere, I'm walking, mm-hmm. I'm exposed. Whereas you live in LA. It's not really a much I of walk a, everywhere, there are a few pockets of neighborhoods. Okay. I was but you're, my you're like in a neighborhood. You're not walking. Like, yeah, yeah. I feel like Boston, the city itself, like every section of it can be considered touristy. But you're yeah. walking specifically in within your neighborhood block. Yeah. And I also feel like I'm head down. After I was grabbed by that man, I very much, I'm like avoiding people when I'm walking. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You got to stay safe. Yes. I don't blame you for that. But it was very exciting that you, Mm -hmm. you met someone in person that Mallory called your name. It was. And it also is one of those things where it's so exciting because we truly, I feel like we know our listeners or if we don't know you and then you introduce yourself, we will never forget you. And Mm -hmm. like we even I feel like we follow a lot of our listeners on Instagram because we used Instagram to like guerrilla market and just like make people like us harass yeah people it was yeah. like into we're just gonna follow back. everyone and hope they follow us back and a lot of people did we're gl- we're glad you're all here <laughs> but i did want to tell you i got a oh. weighted blanket and i'm really excited about it and i talked about it briefly on our campfire stories but it's maybe the most exciting thing that's happened to me in like weeks since i got back from boston and it has changed my life it's amazing do you have one did you, you get love an actual it. like the brand no, no, I don't have one. Well, I have a minky, which is like probably half the version of okay. a weighted blanket. It's like not true weight, but it does have a lot of heaviness to it. So sometimes I, well, every night actually I bundle myself into Print. it. But yes, you the, would love it. I've been under one before. It makes you, I feel like if I'm remembering correctly, the first time I ever experienced going under one, I did cry a little. Yes. Because there, there's just so much. You're back in the womb. Really? Yes. <laughs> it does something to you. It's, it's like, like those, being swaddled. Those dogs, people's. <laughs> yeah. I'm just reminded of all the all the pets that have anxiety that their their parents like make them little like burritos. Snuggy sort yeah. of situations. Yeah. To like swaddle them in their it's like, oh, that's their their comfort sweater or whatever. Mm-hmm. But weighted blankets are that for humans. Yes. It's amazing. I highly recommend it. This is not a sponsored thing. I just truly it has changed my life. And it also makes making the bed really easy because it's so heavy that like sheets don't move as much. <laughs> they just can't. don't move around. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. I, I wish we had a weighted blanket sponsor so that it sort of work out a little nicer. <laughs> and so we're just like, we love weighted blankets. My brother and his girlfriend got it for us for our wedding and I just hadn't shipped it. And then I was going through all of our wedding registry and I was like, why have I not gotten this yet? So I shipped it finally. And it's the best. Highly recommend. Oh, if you have I anxiety didn't realize that in registries, anything. you can just. Mm-hmm. I so set you it can, up on a wedding registry. You can just let things 
Yeah, mine was specifically through Zola. And so I set it up where it doesn't ship until I decide to ship it, which was nice. That is nice. Yeah, I've always wondered because when people get married, like oftentimes I know where they live and it's not like there's a ton of space. So I've always wondered what they do with the, I know where you live. (laughs) Actually, one of the nicest things about being engaged in wedding planning is that now I have everybody's address and it just makes life easier. Like I don't have to ask someone like, oh, can you send me your address again before I go over? I can, I literally just go on Zola and I look up wherever I sent the save the date. I'm like, all right, I don't know how to get there. We should, we should send all of our friends our Christmas card. We should. We have their address. We do. And we have all of yours if you are in Patreon. (laughs) We are going to show up to your homes. Maybe. I don't know. If we do a road trip, we should just... If we do... Drive past and like honk our little like van horn. (laughs) And it should be like (gasps) our little horn, our our horn. Is that what... Car horn? Is that what it's called? Yeah. Why did that sound so weird? It will be... Yeah. The Arms Akimbo intro song like the very spooky la 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 I, yeah. I mean when you have tesla can't you customize it or something can't you yes. choose yeah your horn i don't know actually so Although, now we need a tesla we yeah. need to go on a road trip <laughs> we need to figure out how to make our horn make that noise yes lots to do on our list but yeah. number one is to tell you about what i researched this week As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Eee! Okay. Do a little dance because this is an interesting topic. Uh, 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 uh. Okay, Ooh, we said fun. a few – here we go. A few weeks ago, maybe months ago at this point, time blurs together. It does. But so so it does in the space that we are about to talk about, <gasps> which are back rooms. So I remember when I brought it up, Sabrina, you hadn't heard of back rooms and I knew very little about back rooms. Yeah. So we're going to talk about back rooms, which are these liminal spaces that are said to exist in this sort of in-between. Oh. And the rooms appear a bit like abandoned office space. They're usually empty. They have long corridors, old, yellowing feeling just to the whole entire thing. It feels both familiar yet also nostalgic and also a bit anxiety-inducing, like you shouldn't be there. 
That reminds me of the severance office, like the really long hallways. Exactly. You don't really know what's going on in each room, but I imagine it's a little bit yes. more decaying. Maybe like Stranger Things, where it's like kind of the upside down where things are decaying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Visual. It very much is because it brings you back to the sort of like 90s, early 2000s. It's basically like what a building, if you went to a building that hadn't been updated or touched at all since the mm. 90s, this is exactly what it looks like. Okay. But- As I was writing this, let's remember the severance comment. Not that there's really anything clearly that's going to come up in this, but I was thinking about that show the whole time I was writing this as well. All right. So in the back rooms, it's this liminal space somewhere that you find yourself in, but you don't intentionally go there. Instead, you accidentally slip into this void where you become lost and trapped. No. Right? So, I mean... Overall, kind of a interesting, fascinating How? concept. How do you well, get out? I don't know. There's a few tips that I'll I'll tell you about to try to save yourself. But you know what this reminds me of? What is the elevator game a bit? Because don't you like step out into like a weird another universe? Yes, yes. And to that point, I was also thinking about we did an episode. It was train themed, and I covered hmm. the silver peelin, and it reminded me of that train as well. And just all there's oh, yeah. just so much this okay so what's what's interesting about this is that i mean obviously it sounds super fascinating but also very creepy we mm-hmm. don't want to go there Mm-mm. but it sounds like you can't actively put yourself there okay. but much like the slender man and and so many of the stories and games and whatnot that we've covered it started out as internet folklore so it's mm. basically a creepy pasta of sorts okay. so it makes sense that it reminds us of so many other stories because it is all of our minds coming together and being like, here are these creepy things that feel a little off that we're going to put together into this one creepypasta story. Okay. All right. So we're going to learn in this episode about how this creepypasta was created. Then we're going to hear some real life paranormal experiences that people have experienced that would suggest the back rooms in some shape or form may actually exist. We can theorize about that. And also some tips on if you do find yourself in the back rooms, what could you maybe do to help yourself survive? I love so. that you just outlined your entire research because that that is <laughs> you very much took a public speaking class in college. Like that's what they tell you to do in the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I did. I did. I, I think we had story to already. My my final was no, I did I elected to do that. <laughs> I did. And I regret it. But <laughs> I had to take the the public speaking class and then, you know, there's always like a final or whatever where yeah. you have to do a 10 minute or 15 minute presentation. And I think ours were, it was like 10 or 15 minutes on a like researched topic yeah. that you're, you feel passionate about. And so I did seasonal affective disorder because I'd recently been going to therapy and, and dealt with the whole depression thing and was trying to like educate people on <laughs> seasonal affective disorder. And at the end, I handed out, I took those like little tiny like basically dime bags and that I like bought and put Epsom salt in all of them to hand out to be like give yourself a soak feel happy after this and it looked like I was gonna bring I told you this I've already told you this but yes what did I'm shocked I didn't get called into the principal principal I I mean I guess principal at college (laughs) my Wait, no. Sorry, did I say college? I meant high school. Oh, this was high school. This was, yes, this was a high school public speaking class. Wow, that's even worse. I mean, my my teacher, she was was also the theater teacher. She was a bit eccentric. So she loved it. As many of them are. 
And I think she just was like, well, <laughs> if it ends up being drugs, not my problem. I'll take two. <laughs> Whatever extra bags you got, I'll take them. When I was in college yeah. and did public speaking, the one that I researched was online dating and how – because my mom was doing a lot of online dating and I was like so terrified for her that she was going to get like catfished or that like she was going to get killed. Um, so I ended up super- doing a whole presentation about how online dating – there's like so many terrible people out there. I made a fake profile with like a fake photo and I like screenshotted all of the terrible creepy messages I got and I did a whole presentation about it. And so it was you like, were trying to be cat, you were like catfish, but yeah. the bait to show. I was the bait to show. What would come in. Mm-hmm. I'm sad. <laughs> That's so scary. Like you as a child thinking about, well, I was like 18. As your mom's child. Yeah. Yes. As your mom's child thinking about the scariness of online dating. It is scary. Someone's got to think of those things for her. Right. All right. So the back rooms, we're going to talk about the lore. Okay. In May 2019, an anonymous user named 4chan posted on a paranormal board online where users could post photos and write comments. And they asked for users in that board to post, quote, disquieting images that just feel off. Mm. And so people began replying with photos. And I wish I could find this board easily. I couldn't. But I would love to see just all of the, the different photos. photos that people have posted. So creepy. But there is one photo, one photo that stood out, and it was a picture of an old office space completely empty. The wallpaper patterned yellow, dingy. The light brown rug covered wall to wall. The fluorescent lights overhead just flickering, basically, is what you would picture when Mm -hmm. seeing this image. But they're just there adding this sort of yellow glow to the already very mustardy appearance of this room. And the photo is also taken slightly askew. So it's taken at an angle. It's not quite straight on. And we will have our editor put this in. But Sabrina, I'm going to show you the photo right now. Oh, very severance. Right? It totally is. Yeah. Yes. So this photo, it started to blow up, basically. It caught the eye of many, many people. It gained a lot of comments, and it was reposted in many various threads and Mm -hmm. online forums. One commenter wrote that it's a picture of the back rooms. So this is kind of where the lore starts to take. People are like, oh, you know, being creative with what this photo reminds them of or what it could possibly be. So this one commenter says it's the back rooms and describes it as a place that has 600 million square miles of rooms just like this. That it's incomprehensibly large. Yes. It's a a giant labyrinth. The biggest maze you could ever possibly think of. Which is why people get trapped. Right. That's And I'm immediately thinking being trapped in there. And you could probably spend a very long time in there not seeing another soul because it's so massive. Yes. Yes, Exactly. And Yikes. part of the lore, too, is like you you find yourself alone in the creepypasta version because that's that's what's scary, right? Is like being completely alone in this. Nope. It's better than like being stuck with like creepy monsters and stuff. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> well. <laughs> okay. Let's keep going. Okay. <laughs> okay. So it's this giant labyrinth, 600 million square miles of rooms. It's old. It's dreary, yellowing, dirtied wallpaper, moist carpets. So when you step Ew. on the carpets, it feels Ew. You, squishy. You can smell the moistness and it is a, yeah, there's a squish to it. 
And then the fluorescent lights buzz above you. So classic like 80s, 90s office building. It almost reminds me a bit of a blockbuster video uh, too, Mm. like that sound of the lights. This also reminds me of my old apartment complex, the one with all the doors. And because all the doors, there Mm. were like 30 doors before you got to an outside door. And so because of that, all the moisture like got trapped in there and the carpets would smell so bad. Mushrooms gross, gross. They're mushrooms. So gross. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So you've already survived. (laughs) You found your way out of this place. Thank goodness. (laughs) The real life version of it. So this is the appearance. It's a little bit familiar, but a little bit off, right? Like you've been here before, but it doesn't feel good to be here. And also it's empty. There's usually no furniture. There might be like a few things from room to room, but for the most part, it's completely empty. Nope. But it doesn't feel that way because something is out there lurking in the back rooms. Mm -mm. And this user wrote, Mm -mm. quote, God save you if you hear something wandering around nearby because it sure as hell has heard you. (gasps) So this was the first spinoff inspired by this photo. And so the comments, everything is, is collecting. People are upvoting this comment and seeing these comments and this photo inspired 16 year old Chris Freeward to write a story about the back rooms. 16? He woke up at 5 a.m. 16. There's a lot Jealous. of 16 year olds in the story that, that inspire this. Yes. Creative little I guess, 16 you know, year olds. We were all perpetually online when we were 16, right? Yeah. Still are. So he woke up at 5 a.m. and he began to write. So the story that he wrote, written in first person, goes like this. This person arrives at a health clinic for their appointment around 12.15, and it's just a routine doctor's visit. Like We can assume probably their annual checkup. They've been to this doctor's office before a few times, so they know the place. Mm-hmm. The building is a little bit older, and they kind of note that it does have that nostalgic feel to it and makes them feel sort of transported back in time to when they were living in the 80s and 90s as a kid and, you know, like going to their parents' A place of work and like wandering around all those old buildings. Yeah. They were noting basically that the flickering fluorescent lights, the white tile flooring and the beige walls, they're just representative of a time of this person's past. Okay. So as this person enters the office, they're suddenly struck with deja vu. They get to the front desk and they check in with the woman who's working at the desk. And this is where we learn this person's name, the person who's going in for their doctor appointment. And their name is Gary Johnston. Gary checks in just fine. He's handed a clipboard with some paperwork and he goes and he sits in the waiting room to fill out his paperwork and wait for his name to be called. Sinking back into his chair, Gary, tired, rests his head back onto the wall. But when he does so, the wall gives a little. (gasps) He doesn't hit the hard cement or whatever type of wall it is. Instead, his head starts pushing through. So he gets up and he turns turns around to examine the wall, but it appears perfectly fine. He doesn't see any indents of where, yeah, the drywall could have crumbled around his head. Nothing is out of place. It's a perfectly normal wall. So then he reaches out and he touches the wall, his fingers slipping through it. (gasps) Startled. Totally slipping through it? Or or is it like, I'm imagining like tarp, like, or just fully going through it? I think fully going through it is how it was written. Sort Whoa. of like this weird matrix, matrixy wormhole. So Gary's Portal. startled and he kind of fumbles around and, and trips and falls. And he ends up falling completely through the wall. No! He's on his back now. Gary! On the ground. 
And when he gets up and gets to his feet, Gary finds himself in another place. He's not in the doctor's office anymore. No, Gary. The room is amongst a series of other rooms. The carpet smells damp, moldy. Patterned wallpaper was quite yellowed. There are no windows or doors, just hallways to other rooms. One plastic blue school chair sits in the middle of one of the rooms. So Gary gets up and he begins to hurry through the halls and through the rooms, searching oh. for an exit, trying to make sense of where the hell he is. I can just he cannot the panic. find a, an exit. No. Mm-hmm. And then he hears movement in the distance. He hears footsteps, but it doesn't sound like a human's footsteps. So he's not thinking that this is something or someone that could help him. Instead, the footsteps feel off. It feels more like a monster, an animal of sorts. And then he hears a gargling snarl. He turns, working his way through the halls and empty rooms, trying to create distance between himself and whatever the hell is there in the distance lurking, snarling. And after what seems like forever, Gary finds his way back into the room where he began And he's so exhausted. He's so confused. He's lost. He's seemingly hunted by something out there. Yeah, what is this? So he collapses to the ground crying. Oh. And the footsteps get closer. No. And that is what Chris wrote. That's the end? That is, that's the cliffhanger. That's the creepypasta. Yeah. Did he try? I know you don't know the answers to these, but did he try going back through the wall that he came through in the first place? Did, uh, I don't know. I think we can... I don't know. I have no idea. I would presume that probably... Well, I don't know. I don't know what I would do in that scenario. Would I think to immediately go through the wall behind me? I would. Poor Gary's right. Okay, so this is what Chris wrote. 16-year-old Chris wrote this, and he posted it on Creepypasta. Mind you, this is only a few years ago. This is like three years ago that this started to to pick up traction. So Gary's only 19 now. Gary... You stick. You have a sick mind. Well, Chris. Oh, Chris. Chris. Who has is a sick Gar- mind. Gary? I guess. Okay. Yes. You would be. You would fit in with us so well. A sick minds together. I know, right? Can we, we should create a whole? He pasta? should be a podcaster, right? Yeah. I want to create one. <laughs> we should. Let's, Let's see it. if it gets anywhere. Okay. Okay, but this is what Chris wrote. He posted it on all of these forums. He posted it on Creepypasta, and that is where people began to build on the story. So he okay. was inspired by some other comments, but then he kind of like laid the groundwork for here's here's what it actually could feel like being yeah. inside of the back rooms. Yeah. And then another 16-year-old, Kane Pixels on YouTube is his name. He uploaded a forgotten footage type video inspired mm. by this creepypasta showing a cameraman. It's like a, I watched it. It's actually very creepy. But it shows basically like this group of kids and, and one of them has a camera or like young men. And the cameraman kind of like fumbles and falls. And as he falls, he goes through something. He doesn't stop falling. Oh. And then when he wakes up, he's in these back rooms and he still Alone. has the camera. So everything that was on him, everything on his person also was blipped into this. Actually, there's a gamer term for this. Let me scroll down. It's called no clip. So instead of where I said blipped, I should have said no clip to be more okay. accurate. But uh, in the back room specifically, you can no clip from your perceived reality into another dimension. Okay. So that's basically like if we think about all of the movies where people do that, you like kind of you fall just into like another fall in. dimension. Yeah. yeah yes. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. I'm picturing this as like Blair Witch Project. That's what it 
feels like okay. because it is you never see the person you never see whoever oh. came i'm assuming it was himself like it's just the video it's very found oh, that's footage cool. style okay and so this person fell and then they wake up in these back rooms where this person is now searching for a way out eventually coming in contact with a monster kind of looks like a weird series of honestly if i put like my the stand that my light is on and this podcast stand and just kind of taped it together it kind of looks a little bit like that like there's oh. kind of these long Lanky. skinny black things sticks it's like a stick oh. bug but black and creepy okay yes so that was just what Kane had put as the monster. Interesting. Because I was picturing it as like a big, like I was picturing almost a giant from Jack and the Beanstalk because I was picturing heavy snarling boots. Oh, no. It's very like alien-esque where you have no idea what the hell this creature is. Like it just, I it's, bet it's something otherworldly. I bet it's fast. And you're in some other world. It's probably super fast and can like mm -hmm. crawl on the ceilings and it starts out in front of you, but the yeah. next thing you know, it's behind you. It's behind you. Okay, Sabrina, I'm glad that you brought this up because this leads me to my next point, which is, so Kane Pixels, the guy that created that original YouTube, he's created a whole series now based on the back rooms. And a lot of more people have come to sort of like flesh out the idea of back rooms, mm. adding additional rooms, additional creatures, these Montauk project-like organizations. But some people feel very strongly that the original lore should stay as that and that it shouldn't necessarily expand and and have all these spinoffs. But all that being said, I'm going to tell you a few variations of these levels. And then I'm going to tell you what another YouTuber said as or a, a film group said could be ways to catch the monster. Okay. Or survive the back rooms. Okay. Those are helpful So you can tips. have a little bit of a leg up. Yes. Because okay. I wonder, so I, and I know this was started as a creepypasta and same was like, same with Slenderman, but there's some part of me that one, I feel like we create things out of things that we already know. And then two, what if speaking this or creating this kind of creates it in existence? These are some of the theories that I had at the end too. Okay. Because it is- once we get beyond the lore, and I give you some examples of what people actually experience in real life, mm -hmm. it does sort of feel like that. Okay. 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 <laughs> All right. Well, so despite many people being like, it should just stay as the original sort of simple story, there are many, many levels, many different spinoffs and versions, but I'm going to tell you just a few levels from one of these versions. So okay. you might find yourself, if you know Clip, or if you fall into this in-between backrooms dimension, you might find yourself on level zero, which is the lobby. And this is where we would find ourselves should we enter somehow the room that's in the original photo. So that original photo is from level zero. So if you end up in level zero, you're going to spend your time wandering around rooms and hallways trying to avoid these humanoid entities called hounds. Oh, If you oh. enter level one... Level one is the habitable zone, and after many days of wandering around the lobby, a lost person might find themselves here. Okay. I don't know how you get there if you just sort of no clip into that area, or if you walk into a room and suddenly you're there and can't get back to level zero. You sound but like such a gamer one, when you say no clip. Right. I know. I'm cool. <laughs> <laughs> but, but level one... It's a dingy warehouse. It's foggy. There's puddles of water pooling on the cement floor. And again, the hounds. So there's a lot of like moistness and monsters in every Ew. level. Pretty gross. 
And then level two is called pipe dreams. It's a long service tunnel with pipes on the wall and light from the outside can enter the pipes and it basically heats it up. So it could get up to a hundred degrees in there and you're kind of wandering around these pipes. But I think what's so mean of this dimension is that unlike the other levels where there are no windows, there are no doors, it's just rooms and hallways, here you get sunlight coming in, but you can't necessarily find the source of the sunlight. So you know you're near, you know it's close, but you're still lost. Okay. But once someone basically gives up trying to escape and relaxes and accepts this tunnel as it is and as their home, and it's just like... Okay, not saying give up as in like you lay down and you're like, I'm going to let the hounds come get me, but give up as in you're like, okay, well, I guess this is my life now and I'll just live in these tunnels and and find my way Mm -hmm. to work around it. As soon as you switch that mindset and accept the tunnels as your home, it's said that you will be given a chance to escape. So something will appear to you and you'll have your opportunity to get out. It's kind of like in Harry Potter, Sorcerer's Stone where they're in the vines. I can't remember what they're col- called, but they have to just like give in and then they they go through. Mm, fall, fall yeah. down. It's kind of like yeah. quicksand. Right? To your point, it's all things that like we've thought of as humans. Yeah. And then put together into this one story. The more you fight it, the harder it is. Mm-hmm. So then on YouTube, there's a group called the Film Theorists. And they went into Kane Pixel's videos of all the back rooms and they looked at all of the videos and they dissected it. So based on the creepypasta and based on Kane's work, they came together to to tell you basically how you could potentially oh, survive the back so room much. should you find yourself there. Okay. So here are a few of their suggestions. Keep your hand on, and this is assuming that you're in the original sort of like level zero yellowed wallpapered rooms, hallways. Okay. Labyrinth, giant labyrinth. So keep your hand on one wall the entire time as you wander through rooms so that you can find the outer wall and exit the maze. Like because the portal? Ba- either the portal or, yeah, some sort of door that opens. Oh, because okay. if it if it's a giant maze, it's assuming that it's not – how do you get in there? How, how does someone eventually – they're assuming that there's an exit somewhere. Okay. So you just have to find the outer perimeter or work towards that. Okay. Another tip is to peel the wallpaper or leave clothing items or scuff up and mark the rooms or the walls that you have touched and been in so that if you do circle back, you'll know that you don't need to explore that room. And also they suggested using your shoe to knock down ceiling tiles in the hallways so that you know what hallways you've traveled through. Okay. That's smart. Mm Mm-hmm. If you do this, it will also help you, aside from just knowing where you've already explored, it will help you start to understand the areas and what loops back on itself. And this is important should one of the hounds, one of the monsters, be tracking you. Because if you know that general area enough, then or or like the patterns that are repeated, you might be able to find a way to maneuver around it and loop back behind the monster, saving yourself. But also, you then have an opportunity to track the hound, assuming that the hounds know the way out. Oh. They might not just live there forever. Okay. Try to outsmart This is them. A kind of Blade Runner-esque a little bit, yeah. too. Yes. Number four, if you find supplies, take the supplies. If you see a chair, if you see a ladder, if you see a rope, if something is there, you could pos- possibly use that as a tool in the future. Oh, so smart. take everything that you find. It's probably hard to carry everything, though. 
It is, but also these rooms are extremely there, – there's hardly anything in, in any of okay. them. For the most part, there's nothing. So okay. if you do happen to find something, grab it. It's not like there's a few things in every room. They're mostly empty. My question is what if there's like a weird – like saw? You know how in saw the idea is that everyone could survive if you just work together? Or there's mm-hmm. like some – I don't know. I don't know the specifics of it. But what if, like I'm picturing Gary's story where he came into this room with the chair. What if all he needed to do was like climb on top of the chair and go through the ceiling tiles? Like the idea that the first room you end up in is actually Mm -hmm. the same way you can get out. But most people will go outside of that room. We'll we'll venture out. Yeah. Well, and actually that is the very last tip is try to climb through the ceiling tiles Mm. and follow the electrical wires or the air vents. Because the oh. air ducts, they have to lead somewhere. Right. But also, Sabrina, you're making me think, what if these hounds aren't actually creatures hunting anyone? What if there's all these beings from other dimensions <gasps> that get no clipped or like put into this labyrinth and they're supposed to work together, but everybody's so foreign to each other that we assume, like, what if, what if these things are thinking that the us, the humans, are the monsters? And so they, yes. after a long time of wandering this labyrinth, they're just like, Every man for himself, I I guess I'll kill the monster. And that's this creature killing the person. Us. Or what if the hounds are actually people who've gotten stuck in the back rooms for so long that they turned into these creatures and they finally see a human and they're trying to follow the human to get out. Yeah. Oh, ew. Yeah. Mm. Some sort of zombie-like thing. Okay, so very fun but unsettling <laughs> lore. Yes. Uh, with many very talented artists who create pictures and videos and YouTube series and, and simulations to make you feel like you're truly seeing the back room. So if you want to go to YouTube, you can see a lot of that. And it is very unsettling. And there are also some some actual video games that exist where you can be in the back rooms. Mm. But what if in some way the back rooms truly exist? It's not just a creepypasta. Yeah. To add to this lore, we don't actually know where the original photo came from. So the original photo was posted by someone who's anonymous, and that yellowed room's location has not been confirmed. There have been people who think that they know where it is, but it has not been confirmed. And so some people theorize that it could actually be an image from captured from the back rooms. Oh. And one of the things that I think is interesting about the real experiences that people have is that I mean, obviously, we know that there's the creepypasta, and yeah. that's been around for a few years. And so it's it's no surprise that it could enter our subconscious as, as people and enter our dreams, and we start thinking about it, and we start creating these memories of possibly being there, even yeah. though we haven't been. But what I think is really interesting is that before the lore, there were already people describing this in their dreams. People were already yeah. in this place. It didn't have a name back then. People didn't necessarily find each other who also had similar experiences, but they were online. They were searching for people who had explanations of this place that they kept going to in their dreams or felt like they'd spent eternity in when they fell asleep. The back rooms, apparently in real life, outside of the creepypasta, are actually a place that we slip into while dreaming. So there's no physical threat of you reaching through a wall and falling there. But instead, when you go to bed at night, you might fall asleep and you might enter the back rooms. Nope. Exactly. It's very creepy. It got me thinking about my own dreams. I started to like reflect on some of the regular places that I end up in my dreams. And there's one where I'm like, that could be one of the levels of the note of... The back rooms. But I guess the only benefit is not. if it happens in your sleep, then there's the idea that you can wake up from it. Nick is walking by mm-hmm. for anyone watching the video. 
not a ghost. But then not a ghost. If it happens in real waking life and you end up there, that feels scarier because it's like, what are your chances of getting out of that? Right. Not good. Not good. <laughs> not we'll good. But, but what if, if that photo like, ended up being an actual photo captured from the back rooms, then maybe maybe there is a chance to yeah. survive. You're not doomed. But then also, if you go into it in your sleep, does that mean that your astral being is stuck there? And if your astral being can never come out, do you wake up half of a person because your soul is missing? All great questions. Now it feels very insidious, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's so many different levels to this. And I guess we won't know the answer unless we know what being or or why people are here. What is putting everyone right. together here in this place? Okay. Um, yeah. Also, unlike in the lore where people are alone, people who've experienced what they believe to be the back rooms in their dreams all have this same common thread, which is that usually someone they know starts out in their dream, someone that they know is there, and that familiar person and familiar but also unsettling setting, like being in like a dentist office or your school at night, that person will lead you to the back rooms. So How rude. you're in the setting that you know, but it feels a little bit off. And then you're with this person that's familiar to you, like a teacher, and you trust them. And so you follow that's them. awful. But then they bring you there. So unfair. Right. Well, Don't I trust mean, anyone it's, it's in your dreams. Presumably, yeah, it's not them. It's I know some something pretending to be them, but that makes me even more back mad. into this labyrinth. Yeah, right. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. All right. I'm going to give you two examples that I found. There are so many examples online. And then but we here have are a two listener story out. at the end of this that is also an example. Back rooms. Mm-hmm. Eek. Eek. Okay. Amazing. All right, so this was posted by someone who, well, I'm saying they're anonymous, but they had posted and then deleted their account. So it just says deleted user. So I I don't know who this person is. Okay. Maybe they're in the back rooms now. (laughs) Oh, no. They wrote, that's mean of me to say. Sorry, I take that back. I hope they're not. (laughs) They wrote, hi, I had a dream last night too, and I think I was in the back rooms. My dream started with me walking in school following a teacher and we suddenly were in the hallway that didn't exist. 
He mm. turned and looked at me, and then my hand and the wall next to me were glitching or something. And then I fell really hard, like I was standing in a falling elevator. Out of nowhere, in a very small room with two other people, there was a door opening, but no door. And when I looked out, there was this big open place and other door openings in the walls leading to other rooms or other hallways. Everything was very light, but there was no lamps. There were no lights. There were also no shadows. The color of the walls and the floor, etc., were all just this yellow, light yellow, off-white color. The two people who were there told me that there is a creature after us and that we have to protect each other. Suddenly, they gave me a water gun. I turned and saw another door opening at the other side of the room that we were in and then a short set of stairs going down. I went down and there was an even smaller room and on one side there was a really small weird inside playground for children with bright colored lights, red, blue, and yellow. And it was, doesn't it remind you of like the old McDonald's play pens? Yeah, I was thinking Waverly Hills because someone said like Mm. they recently went and inside there was an old play set inside the place. Ugh, so creepy. It was like stuck in the wall or something. Like it was a part of the playground that was stuck in the wall. And in the same smaller room, there was a door opening with a hallway going to the right. But I didn't look because I was scared that the creature would be in there. So I went upstairs to the other people and we just stayed there. We saw the creature two times in the door opening trying to approach us. But we were all scared and scared it away with our water guns. It was a very weird creature. It was all black and it had two white round eyes. The shape of the creature was not really clear. I would say humanish, but also not. It was also kind of glitchy, had this noise screen thing, but black. While all of this was happening, there was also a moment where I fell again and ended up standing in a weird place in my school where it all began. When I moved, I fell into the back rooms again. I woke up from my alarm after all of this. Which, that one to me is so creepy because... It's making me think that the original person, I think his name was Chris, who wrote the whole story, it makes me think that when he woke up, like a 16-year-old waking up at 5 a.m. to write this story, mm-hmm. was he actually just in the back rooms and woke up from this dream and felt inspired uh. by it all to write, but truly was actually like the messenger to tell people what the back <gasps> rooms actually were like. It's we all should, very We should creepy. have Chris on the, on the show. Come join us. I know. Chris. I also... That story makes me think, you know, the idea that people say like we're living in a simulation and this is actually a video game or just like it's not real. Mm -hmm. And that the back rooms kind of makes me it almost like emphasizes that theory in the sense that, yeah, you glitch into this other world, which makes me think like without the simulation, that's what our world looks like. Mm -hmm. It's like the basic theory too. Right. I mean, that's part of well, also, I mean, not to go too far off course with with what we're talking about and keeping it mostly to back rooms. But when, if you're on like dream talk or if you read a lot of scary stories that are posted about dreams and theories Mm -hmm. about dreams, there are a lot of people that talk about when you're lucid dreaming, when you realize you yourself are dreaming, if you say it out loud to someone, the characters in the dream will start to freak out. And there was one user on TikTok, I'm going to attempt to find... I'm not I'm going to butcher this, but next okay. time I'll next time I'll I'll come next episode with the answer. 
Okay. Uh, Let's see if you remember. But basically, (laughs) yeah, we'll see. But it's this, this woman was chronicling, she, she writes in a dream journal and she was chronicling all the different times that she's been lucid dreaming and her interactions with like the sleep, she calls them the sleep police, where these people will realize that she's not dreaming and they'll basically be like, you, you can't be aware of what we're doing. And she was talking about, right? Like there's all of these things around orchestrating your experience. And so sometimes we think it's a dream or a nightmare, but it's not. And she did have examples of there was one time where she like basically was flown over like the dream center and all this stuff. So it could very well be an entire operation and simulation going on. So much work for those up higher beings. Kudos to right. you. I'm like, what do you get paid? Yeah. Did you see that? Have you watched that Daniel Radcliffe show? No. Holy Ones, I think is what it's called. I haven't. Where? Oh, basically the premise of it is like when people die, they go to heaven, but heaven is actually just one of many organizations and God is your like CEO and they all get put to work like controlling earth and they all have jobs again. I mean, that's kind of fun. And earth is like, yeah, a hot mess in the grand scheme of the universe and all the different corporations Mm. out there. Interesting. All right. So another example was posted by Juancho GYT and they wrote, At the time of writing this, I just found out about the backrooms after I had a dream about it. The dream was like a normal day. I was playing with my little cousin and all that stuff because I was bored of playing Valorant. And I remember that when my cousin was about to close the door so that I couldn't catch her, I stopped the door with my foot and then I tripped and I fell because I lost my balance. But I didn't hit the ground. I just fell through the floor. And as I was falling, I remember seeing pure darkness When I ended up in the back rooms, we all know about, somehow, it felt real. The wet carpet with the whiteboard marker ink smell. The lights and all that stuff that the back rooms has. I was just walking around hoping to see an exit to this place. One thing that I can highlight here is that somehow everything felt familiar. As if I was here before. And I mean like years before. But then I just saw what looked like a person, but it was all black. And when I got a little closer to that quote unquote person, it was all distorted. And the ink smell was getting stronger when that thing was getting closer to me. (gasps) And then when that thing caught me, everything just disappeared and I woke up. Also, that thing that was chasing me didn't have a physical form. It just kept distorting on these unrecognizable shapes. After waking up, I just got straight to my PC and I started looking for information about my dream since it felt way too real to just be a dream. And so here I am writing this comment, sharing my backrooms dream after reading some information about the backrooms. So that seems to be what a lot of posters experience where they never heard about the backrooms until they go searching for an explanation to their dream. Right. I'm... It's so interesting that this user got caught by, they're called hounds, right? A hound? At least in the creepypasta, yeah. Okay. And then woke up. Like, it almost makes me wonder if you're supposed to get caught by them. I don't know. It makes me think that they're testing. It almost makes me think Hunger Games a a bit, where it's like, Mm -hmm. or Maze Runner, again, where it's just like you're testing who can get out. But, well, also, let's talk about everything everywhere all at once. Love Are you movie. actually – I mean, she in that movie gets killed How an many infinite times? Yeah. number of times in all these other different versions of her life. And so what if that's what's happening here? They're, like, trying to find 
the closest version of someone that they need for something or just are are testing our astral forms. And so sometimes your astral form gets killed off in the back room. Or maybe Maybe you don't know that you're in another. Maybe when you go to the back room, going back to my simulation idea, you are, they're recoding you and you need to go in there and the Mm. hound catches you because that's your new coding. What an aggressive way (laughs) to recode someone. Like who came up with that idea? Maybe that's just what it's like. Also, aliens? Like, is this what happens when we get abducted? (laughs) Oh, that's also a good point. Yeah, maybe it's not really a dream. You're actually being abducted and this is the way that you're – this is the experience. This is the little game. It's like when people have – I mean, it's it's horrible and we don't condone animal violence at all. But, like, it makes me think of, like, the chicken fights, the rooster fights where people will will put them in a pen and and see what they can do. And so it makes me wonder, like – is this some sort of alien abduction where we're thinking it's a dream, like a really strange dream because we wake up, we fall asleep and wake up in the same place. Mm. But there's some other creature that's like taking us and putting us together in these mazes for their own entertainment to watch the fear of the little puny humans on planet Earth. I just hope I never end up there. Yeah, me too. I don't want to know. It's very unnerving. Also, another thing, you said earlier that what if the point is to work as a team? Mm -hmm. And in the creepypasta lore, a lot of people are alone. But in the actual forums where people post their real experiences, a lot of people are not alone. A lot of people are in groups, similar to what some of these users that I just read about, like their experiences of being in other groups of people. And so it is interesting because it makes me it makes me wonder if people wake up and they think that all of these other people in their dreams are just like a part of the dream, just like dream characters. But what if they are a bunch of other people's consciousness coming together and all placed together? And they just assume the other person is a dream person, but they're all real in there and supposed to truly be working together. Like you could walk on the street and you're like, holy shit, that's that person from my dream from the background that is really fascinating yeah because they say that you can't dream anyone you've never seen and like even if you pass someone on the street they Mm -hmm. can end up in your dream because you've seen them and it's stored in your subconscious but yeah i mean that's kind of like the time that i felt like i astral projected and i very much believe that i did there was the woman that i was talking to who perhaps is my spirit guide but i very much if i saw her on the street i was i would be like oh i 100% know that that's the woman from my dream yeah i actually had an interesting experience a few days ago brian and i were walking and someone walked by us and he didn't smell the smell but i was like oh did you smell that he's like no i was like you didn't smell that cologne or that perfume he was like i didn't notice but it was so so incredibly strong to me and it was a scent that I've actually – This it's going to sound like such an odd comment, but it's a scent that I'm f- almost certain that I've only smelled in my dreams. So oh. I was like, ooh. Oh. What kind of weird perfume is this? I'd never – and it was so overpowering when I walked by that person. That is – I just got chills. That is so yeah. – I don't even know how to describe that. And I also – I feel like I don't smell in my dreams. So that's fascinating. I think I do. That's so yeah. interesting. Well – it made me – I said something to Brian like in the moment. I said, oh, wow, that's the smell that I smell a lot in my dreams. And then it's I didn't say anything more to him because I didn't want to freak him out. But I was like, <laughs> what if this is the example where people kind of like slip into other dimensions and they don't realize that they're mm. experiencing different versions of their life? And what if I am now 
slipped into some version of it that I've experienced only in like the dreamscape, but I actually never did truly wake up from it. I'm in it now. You're in the dreamscape. Well, I don't know. I'm glad I'm a part of your dreamscape if that's the case. Me too. <laughs> Me too. Okay. So many people who experience this, which are quite a few and curious to hear if any of you guys have experienced the back room, but many people take to the internet for some sort of explanation and they find themselves in the same place as others on these internet forums talking about their dreams. Katie Diaz is one of the people who posted and Mm -hmm. she posted on a forum seven months ago and said, I keep having dreams of me about to enter the back rooms and then I suddenly wake up. A while back, I did enter one and then I heard my grandma calling me. My grandma has been dead since 2017. So to me, right, it sounds like the back rooms do exist in the astral plane and they're bad. And so Katie's grandmother did come forward to to basically try to warn her and protect her and call her back out of whatever the back rooms are. Yes, 100%. I have chills from that. Thank goodness. Uh, Right? This is the the true test for guardians. Actually, Corinne, this is such a small thing and I don't know. (laughs) I wasn't sure what you were going to ask me. I was just like, no. No, I thought you were going to be like, let's go to the back rooms and find my my guardians. No, no. this is what I was going to say is that I actually think I had an experience with a guardian the other day. I was driving oh. in my car and you know I'm terrified of dying in a car um, or a car mm-hmm. accident. I was driving and I was on the 405 and it's kind of trafficy, but people are going pretty fast. And my passenger side seatbelt, I'm alone in the car, starts rattling like kind of very loudly And I saw a car and I was like, that's weird. But then I was like, I feel like it's trying to pay attention to like my right side of my car. And there was a car Mm -hmm. truly like merging across all of the lanes. And I I slowed down and it cut right in front of me. And I had this moment of like, oh, is this my guardian? That's it. That is it. I don't know (laughs) how you could even be questioning, is this my guardian? Like 1000%. Why else? Would that happen? And you also yeah. always say you think you're going to die in a car accident. So this is the perfect situation where like maybe if that rattling hadn't happened and if you hadn't kind of like consciously made efforts mm-hmm. to slow down and and look at yeah. it, I would that would hit. that would be yeah. how you died maybe. Yeah, I probably wouldn't have go. died from that. It's happening but for you. Yeah, I, I now believe in my guardian. Thank you. Wow. Okay. <laughs> what a big moment in Two Girls, One Ghost history. Five I years know. later and Sabrina – Five and a half years, and you're finally admitting that you have a guardian. I finally acknowledge you. All right. So to end this, I have just a couple paragraphs I will read to you. Okay. Food for thought. All right. Okay. Both on forums like Reddit and on TikTok, people have been sharing these stories over the past few years of their experiences with the back rooms, often not knowing what they were until searching for an explanation. There are various backroom games that you can play and pretend to be in the maze, but what freaks a lot of people out with these games is that oftentimes in these video game versions of the backrooms, either the rooms themselves, the decor, or the creatures that they see match what they dreamt about as children many, many years before. It's like we've all actually been there before. It exists in our subconscious, and now it's leaking out of us. It's being labeled as lore. While a version of the backrooms seems to have existed in our dreams for a long time, could this dream be more than a dream? Are we truly entering a space, another dimension, or are we floating across the veil and experiencing part of what's beyond the backrooms? That's back a rooms? good it's question. A mystery. I don't like the the right? 
imagery of leaking out of us. <laughs> Sorry. No, I it's very descriptive and I feel like just yeah. it, I'm just imagining it and picturing it and it's very um unsettling. We're just Ooh. oozing the back oozing room. The back Maybe rooms. that's how creepy pastas are born. It's like it all is within us and experienced by our souls in some way. And then something happens in the world where we all just start to leak it out a little bit. Like a little faucet drip drip drip. Okay, I do not want to go to the back rooms. I'm not going to suggest that, Corinne, but I do want to. Mm-mm. No way. It's kind of like how, what was his name? Adam something who created Dear David. I mm-hmm. so badly want to create a creepypasta, but then I'm afraid that then we'll put it into existence and everyone will blame us and come at us. And it's like, sorry. Yeah. Well, that's one of the things too. It's like the more you think about it, with the paranormal, the more you think about something, the more you open yourself up to it, right? Like that's what everybody warns us that. about constantly. <laughs> and the month of October comes out to us. <laughs> that laugh. <laughs> However, <laughs> but is that what's happening with the back rooms too? Like are people, maybe as children they experienced it or growing up mm. they maybe found themselves there once or twice. But then mm-hmm. the more that we learn about it, the more that we think about it, will we end up there? Are we wishing it for us subconsciously? It is know. interesting because I don't know that this is necessarily the back rooms, but I've I've had this one dream probably like five times, four or five times. Mm-hmm. I actually have many dreams where th- there's a whole nother town and building and yeah. I'm so familiar. Like I could draw them. Like I'm so familiar. I've been there so many times and explored that area in my dreams so many times. Yeah. Isn't it so strange? And you're like, how did I even like where, how did I construct this whole city? It's like the Sims 2.0. Like we're just right. living in our, a certain version. But there is yeah. one dream that I've had quite a few times where I do get that weird, unnerving feeling. And I'm in a really long hallway. And in my mind, every time I dreamt it, I'm like, oh, I just must be in this huge mansion and in the basement of this giant mansion. But it's this really dark, long hallway without any windows. And then the doors all have different rooms, but they're all like old, creepy children's rooms. Like it's a children's oh, wait. bedroom. And then- I've spent a lot of time kind of like sitting at the like little tiny like children's drawing desk just being like, I guess I'll just wait it out until I wake up. And I always thought those dreams are really weird and I don't know what they're about. But maybe I'm in some weird back room. It sounds like you are. And nothing comes of them. Like I don't meet anyone. I don't talk to anybody. I just wander around these like creepy old children's rooms. Maybe you're one of the hounds. Monsters. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's the like holding facility before, you know, in like Monsters Inc. When they get like, yeah. all right, the like light goes on and then you get to go it's in. Like, Maybe go I'm just waiting. I'm like, well, you yeah. know, I'm always early. I'm never late <laughs> and I'm very rarely on time. I'm always early. So maybe even in my dreams, I'm like, oh man, I got here 45 minutes got early. Here I got to wait early. until it's my just turn. i going to do some drawing too early. real quick. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that brings up an interesting parallel that comes up in our listener story this week the the dreaming about something very similar over and over this is from our listener casey and it's called have i been to the back rooms hello okay to preface this story is going to be all over the place and slightly chaotic as i am essentially writing this as i'm coming upon this realization insert obligatory but still lovingly given thank you for making this podcast and being two cool ghouls blah blah i've been trying to write out an email comprised of all of my encounters and stories but have put off sending it but this needs to be addressed i don't know what to do or think the story Mm, okay so to start off 
I do not read creepypasta. When I read something on the internet, I'm 100% more likely to assume it's real rather than a creepypasta. To make matters more peculiar, I have never even heard of the back rooms until last week when I was listening to an episode of Two Girls, One Ghost, and I think Corinne mentioned it briefly. I didn't go home and Google it. Honestly, it kind of was wiped from my mind. I'm a house cleaner and I listen to the podcast while I clean, so I didn't really have the time to stop and Google it right then. Until today. For a bit of context, I rarely remember my dreams. When I do, it's because I've had that dream before. All of my memorable dreams have recurred. I have one dream of being stabbed in a parking lot while loading my nibblings, niece and nephew. Ella, that's a real word, I swear. I had never heard of that. Nibblings. <laughs> I've never that's heard so of that. so cute. Nibblings. I was imagining like <laughs> groceries, my nibbles, like nibblings. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was like, what kind of new ice cream is that? <laughs> I've had that particular dream since I was approximately seven years old. Oh, that's so interesting. That's scary. I wonder Mm -hmm. how old Casey was in those stories or in those dreams. Right. Like, yeah. And is it Casey's niece and nephew currently? Right. Yeah. That's, that was more of my question. Like, is it truly them? Are they the same age? Are they, do they have the same names, the same faces? I don't know. Well, we'll follow up, Casey. We'll find, yep. But the dreaming question has only started in recent years, perhaps the last three or four, maybe longer. I'm not really sure. Time is fake. Yes, it is. In the dream, (laughs) I'm in a building and it feels like this building could be 10,000 floors high because every time I get to a staircase or a door, I just keep going. There's no exit. It's an office building and there are white tiled ceilings with creamy beige walls and maybe beige linoleum flooring. There's a strange yellow glow about the place, like you get from those overhead old office lamps. But I can't see any light fixtures. It's almost like I've got tunnel vision. I can't look up or down, just forward and to either side. Certainly not backwards. I'm running through a hallway and I come to a door at the end on the right. I open it and there's an empty office. A large one though, like one that would hold many cubicles. This one does have cubicles, white ones, but they're empty. This floor is not in use. I exit out the other side to find an identical hallway to the one I originally came from, and I start running again. It repeats like this forever. Sometimes there's a stairwell in the hallway, and sometimes the office is occupied, with people sitting at their desks and phones ringing, but no one is paying attention to me. No one can hear me or notice me, but then I notice it. You might ask why I'd be running, and wonder no further, dear ghostesses, for I shall tell you. In all of the times I've had this dream, I've never actually seen the thing that's chasing me, but I know that I'm being chased. I can feel my heartbeat and the very common feeling of anxiety. When I try to picture the thing chasing me, my brain thinks up a tall, skinny, black creature with possibly red eyes, a mix between a shadow and an upright wolf. A huge wolf. Again, I've never seen it in my dreams, so that could be just my mind trying to put a face to it. In all of the dreams, I've always been a few steps ahead of the thing, but there have been times where I, in my dream state, have suddenly felt an overwhelming emotion of fear, anticipation, and anxiety, like when you're seconds away from being caught doing something you are not supposed to be doing. And then right at the peak of these emotions, I wake up. I have vague recollections of speaking to some of the office people, but none solid enough to be worth mentioning and getting people's hopes up. Anyway, now here's where Corinne's mention of the back rooms comes into play. Today, I just got home from work and was sitting down at my kitchen island, scrolling through Urban Explorer videos on TikTok, and I had specifically searched that tag because I had seen something on Facebook that intrigued me. 
I'm probably close to 50 videos into my scroll when I come across an account of a person who's in an abandoned mall that looks like it's straight out of the 90s and had Nickelodeon as inspiration. They have a playlist on their account titled Back Rooms. So I click it. I watch maybe two more videos before deciding to Google because then I remembered Corinne's mention of it while I was listening last week. As soon as I Googled it, my mouth got fuzzy and I felt sort of dizzy. It felt like my heart could have stopped and I definitely held my breath for a second and I realized this sounds dramatic, but keep in mind my reaction was all within three seconds. Pure shock and astonishment. After that, I didn't know what else to do, so I picked up my computer and started writing this email. So what do you think? Do I go to the back rooms in my sleep? What does it mean? Does this remind you of anything else? I never really gave much credence to the dream and certainly didn't think of it as a paranormal experience, so it's shaken me a bit. I am a Hellenic witch and could consider myself quite spiritually open, but this is by far the most unsettling thing I've ever experienced. Well, apart from my recent realization that I may have also been astral traveling while sleeping. But that's a story for another time, I suppose. Bye for now. See you on the other side. Spacey Casey, she, her. I mean, Spacey Casey. I think the astral traveling goes perfectly in hand with potentially being in the back rooms because maybe that is the same thing. Those that can consciously astral, well, maybe not consciously. Or unconsciously. Those those who, yeah, find themselves astral traveling, perhaps that's who finds themselves in the back rooms. It's just so creepy to me that, that we can see things in real life, like tangible items, videos that people put online or drawings the artists create and say, this is, this came from my mind. This is made up. And then we're like, but we've actually been there. It's not made up. It yeah. it lived within you and you perf- perfectly put it out. Right. Like this had been happening to Casey for years. And then we briefly mentioned it. She was curious about what that was, looked it up on TikTok and then had this realization. Oh my gosh, I've been experiencing this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's well. And two, it makes me think that maybe maybe the setting, whoever is running the back rooms, whatever this thing is, <laughs> maybe the setting of the back rooms is inspired by actual places that we have mm. today. So for an or- urban explorer, perhaps a video that they post online will result in a lot of people saying, this looks so familiar. I've been there before because somehow in some way that that image and likeness has been borrowed for the design of the back rooms that you were put in. Yeah. Actually, this does, this is probably what I was talking about in whatever episode Spacey Casey was referencing. Yeah. Yeah. I remember specifically there was a time on the internet within the past year or two where there were some images circulating of an actual place in, I think, America. And a lot of people were like, I've been there before, Mm. but I know I actually haven't been. So, Every there was just so many people that were like really intense, intense deja vu, really clear memories of being there or or conscious memories of dreaming about that place. But everybody knew that they hadn't actually been there in their current life. I think we read that's another example of it. A listener story in the past where they talked about going into this house repetitively and there was something chasing them. And then I think mm-hmm. we had someone respond to that being like, I think I've been to that same house in my, like, it was a dream thing. Oh, and I wonder oh, yes, if, I remember this. Yeah. It's kind of like the same idea. Like what if there are certain places in the ether, the universe, wherever it might be, our timeline, something, some other timeline, the astral plane, wherever it is that exists and multiple people go to it because mm. 
there's like some draw. I don't, I don't know. I mean, this is, I'm theorizing and it's all hypotheses because there's no way to know for sure. But I do wonder if there's just places in the astral plane that we all go to. Um, yeah, it could be. It makes sense. I mean, that's what's interesting I mean, nothing about this makes sense. topic. <laughs> nothing makes sense, but it does. But I liked talking about the back rooms because I think so many so many of our other episodes that we research, there's a lot of fact and there's a lot of yeah. history that goes into that. But this is a creepypasta where it's it's built on lore that's really, really recent, which is why it's so fascinating because we can timestamp when it was created and by who. And yet there's so much more of the internet that exists that predates it of people talking about the same thing and having yeah. the same experiences. So we don't know what it is, but I think it's fun to talk about lore as well, especially when it does possibly bleed into our reality. What was your phrasing? Pouring out of ourselves? What did I say? Oozing? Leaking? Leaking. Leaking. Leaking out of ourselves. Yep. The drip. It exists in our subconscious and now it's leaking out of us. Yeah. Cool. And being labeled as lore. Cool, cool, cool. Cool, cool, cool. Cool, cool, cool. Just a casual Ah! spring in our souls dripping us into the back rooms but most of us are still fully here and well, if you have a few bits of you leaking into the back room email us let us know <laughs> what happened to you or if you have any curious. In- encounters please email them to us mm-hmm. to two girls one ghost podcast at gmail.com and also guys watch us on youtube guys gals ghouls whatever yes Come watch us on YouTube. I am sad that our backgrounds are not. I tried to keep a few Halloween related things. Hmm. And then yeah, we, that's nice. I don't know who sad made day. these for us, but this is the coolest freaking mug. Oh, says, oh my gosh. I know. They're amazing. And then on the back, it says, oh. we'll be best friends until we die. Then we'll stay ghost friends, walk through walls and haunt people. I love it. I'm actually, I'll do it before this episode comes out, but I did take a picture of that. Wait. Give me one second. I thought I was going to solve the mystery and I didn't. But what I was about to say was that when people send us mail, we post them pictures of it on social media. And yeah. if someone leaves their screen name or at least their first name, we'll, we'll write it and, and screen thank name for it. <laughs> Use their name? I don't know. <laughs> now I'm shy. Hand, their handle. I'm, <laughs> I was born in the 90s. Leave me alone. But uh, the mystery is still a mystery for the for the water bottles because I wrote down water bottles mystery person. Oh, we don't have okay. a name. Well, Who we'll post them? them, and if you sent them to us, please respond and let us know. Yes, please do. Yeah, okay. You can support us in a variety of ways aside from watching our YouTube and listening to us and subscribing and emailing us your stories. You can tell everybody about us. You can rate and review us on iTunes. You can shop our merch online if you're planning on buying any merchandise for friends, loved ones, coworkers, whoever's in your pyramid scheme mm-hmm. of Two Girls, One Ghost for the holidays. Just know that I think you're supposed to order it by the first week of December in order to get your items yeah, smart. in time for the holidays based on what the the distribution center we use had suggested. Yep. So shop now. And uh, um, what else? Yeah. And then thank you to all of you for listening. And thank you so much to our editors at Upfire Digital, Aiden Manning, Eric Foster, Max Lodian. We're very grateful for all of your help in um, helping this podcast come to reality. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you to all of you. Mm-hmm. We will see you, see you on, on the, the other, other side. side. Very spooky. 
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash podcast. That's indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. 